You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 281, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. Three cheers for Tim Curry. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I am Chelsea Robson. We're back with even more Christmas spirit for another Christmas animated film that we are going to be reviewing. This one, we are taking it back to the 90s for another 90s property that got a Christmas spinoff. This time, it is Beauty and the the Beast, (laughs) The Enchanted Christmas. This has been a long time in the making ever since (laughs) I feel like there's one episode where Mason brings up Forte. Yes, yes. very early on, he brings on he brings on Forte and and, and quotes his voice. And and so clearly this was something that Mason grew up with. (laughs) Uh, So shout out to Mason. Uh, Merry Christmas, Mason. Merry Christmas. In your honor, we are talking about Forte. Finally, all these years later. (laughs) So enjoy this nice little musical interlude and we'll be right back. As long as there's Christmas, I truly believe that hope is the greatest of the gifts we'll All right, so some basic information about this. I thought this was interesting. The studio, you think this would be Disney Toon Studios. It's actually Walt Disney Television Animation. Director Mm -hmm. was Andy Knight. Release date, November 11th, 1997. Budget, we don't know. And as far as as how it did, we also don't know. But I feel like this did really well. This was at the very, very beginning of the... VHS age and what actually what prompted this because it's interesting you think 97 I'm like why did they wait so long why did they wait you know six years to get this one going it's after the success of direct-to-video return to Jafar Mm -hmm. that they decided hey let's go all out you know this was the Eisner era you recall the episode that we had just done talking about the different CEOs but this was one of his things that he came up with was this secondary direct-to-VHS market and so they actually had 200 animators hired in Canada, uh, both Toronto and Vancouver, to kind of be this um, additional studio to provide all this direct-to-video stuff. And so that's where this came from. And very quickly, we also had two other Disney or Beauty and the Beast sequels, or whatever they are, <laughs> Belle's Magical World in 1998 and 1999, Belle's Tales of Friendship. So they were really hitting these home. So they, I don't think they would have continued to release these if the Enchanted Christmas didn't do well. Now, we all know the incredible numbers that these movies did back in the day. It would just, I would love to see how many millions upon millions of dollars the Enchanted Christmas did. Oh, I'm sure it did millions. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, because I remember very specifically being like, 
I need this DV, this VHS mom. <laughs> I, yes. I have this. I mean, how old was I? I was like 10, 11. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, I need, need this. this. <laughs> and I just remember being like, and here's the other thing is it came out like twice. And one of it, one of them was Belle's Enchanted Christmas. And the other one was just Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it had di- like a different cover and everything. And so when I, I actually made her buy both because I was like, this is obviously a different thing. <laughs> And they were definitely were not different. <laughs> I was like, well, they got you. <laughs> I was bamboozled, <laughs> flamboozled. But yeah, I know. I, I remember for Christmas that year, it, this was the thing that I wanted. And I just remember her trying to hide it in the, in the cart. So when she bought it, but it's like, you can't hide it when they like pull it out to scan it. And I was like, yeah, it's for there. Sure. <laughs> my, God, my dreams are coming true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this actually was a pretty successful release as far as we can tell, because they've continued to release it. So they released it in VHS in 97, bare bones DVD in October, 1998 special edition DVD and VHS was released four years later in 2002. And the new DVD had the music video of the song as long oh. as there's christmas on it which was interesting they had a game on there a 10 minute behind the scenes featurette so really? really went all out for this other you know version which is crazy and then um finally on blu-ray it hit it blu-ray blu-ray in 2011 and then this was a combo pack in october 2016 hmm. so uh, yeah, uh, clearly popular enough that they they keep going back to this. Well, it's not a one one and done situation. So, yeah, and the go. animation in this is actually quite good. Uh, yes, I was thinking that same thing. There, now, there's particular especially characters that if you I think compare it to like others. yes, like Forte is the I don't like Forte. Oh, I love uh, Forte. Really? Okay. Yes, I think Forte. It's this early CGI that isn't too intricate. So it's mm-hmm. not super distracting, but it's not, but it's not so bad that it just, that it's just horrible. I don't know. I felt like it kind of worked. Uh-huh. I liked him. I mean, it, yeah, it, he's just pipes. So it's not like it's going to need a lot of interest, intricacy. I, I don't know. As a kid, I just thought it was weird because I, everything else looked very natural, normal, hand-drawn, even though it was caps, but still, um, everything still looked good. And definitely way better than what uh, Return of Jafar looked like. And so you could tell that this was a, they were like, okay, Return of Jafar, they didn't like the animation. So we actually do need to make sure that this is, because this is Beauty and the Beast. You can't, can't like skimp on this, I guess. Yeah. Which is true, but it's, I, I don't know if that was like part of the discussion going into this, like, uh, yeah, no, we got to stay on model, <laughs> which should be the goal. Always. Always. <laughs> but We're looking we at you, Swamp Princess Christmas. <laughs> exactly. But they, I felt like uh, like all of the characters, and they had all the original voice cast. Once mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. looking at you, Swamp Princess Christmas. But you have Paige O'Hara came in. You've got Beast, Cogsworth. Everybody was here. Uh, new characters. We have Angelique with Bernadette Peters. Like, oh, interesting. And of course, Tim Curry as Forte. I do like Haley Joel Osment as Chip. Was he always Chip? I think he was. I don't know, but 
No, he wasn't. He was not. He wasn't even bored. I don't think. Um, by the first one, I, that was the worst one. Is his voice was just horrible. It just okay. didn't match. It was different. It did not work for me. Let's see what year he was born. Haley Joel Osment was born in ninety two. So unless he would did it okay, from the yeah, womb, yeah. then <laughs> I was like, was he there? <laughs> That's a no. He's just one of those voices that I expect to be in everything of that era. So. Frank Walker, oh, that's so funny. He came back. He reprised his role as Philippe, the horse. Good for you. <laughs> and Jeff Bennett as the axe, which I was, I, I loved him. <laughs> I just, oh, gosh. And then you have a new character, Fife, who, Paul Rubens, who played Pee-wee from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which I was like, interesting. All right. And of course, rest in peace, Angela Lansbury. Oh, it. It made me sad, sad and happy at the same time to hear her in this. Yeah, there, there were, I love that they brought the original voice cast back. That helped. And that was the difference between Swan Princess is that they got an entirely new cast and it just felt kind of like a cheap imitation on top of the fact that you totally changed the animation style. So we're already really jarred as what we're watching. Mm -hmm. And this one is pretty good. And like you said, the animation was pretty good, especially the character animation. Now, I felt Belle was good, but you could tell it just wasn't that Glenn Keane. Well, Glenn Keane um, didn't he did the the beast, didn't he? But it wasn't it wasn't that master's touch. Uh huh. There were just such nuances and subtleness in the princess's face. And I feel like this is a lot of the princesses. For some reason, they just can't get their face right. Like they're so close. But it's just the uncanny valley of you're just like slightly off that it just feels weird to me. No one else would notice this except for me. Um, I did think that Prince Adam, when he was that flashback scene where it was him, was really good. I felt like they had a someone very, very talented do him. Um, he just felt above and beyond um, a little bit more detailed and just maybe pushing the expressions more than some of the other characters. I think a lot of the characters were just really pretty flat, um, especially Belle. But overall, it was good. And I that was another thing is that you could tell certain scenes, they had a bit more of a budget to add the shading and the shadows, which really would make it match the original. And then some scenes, it's like, nope, we only have have time for, you know, one paint. Mm -hmm. So pick mm -hmm. it and go. Also, the they brought in the Enchantress again. I really liked how this was, even though it was a, a Lion King one and a half type thing, going back as far as like, <laughs> this is what was happening in between the scenes of the Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I liked, even though they were doing that, uh, it was, they actually did keep it really consistent with canon. Yeah. And as opposed to others that I've, that uh, you know, Swan Princess Christmas, come on now, I'm <laughs> looking at you. Uh, they, it was just like, <laughs> This was actually really believable in canon. And you have the entrance, the Enchantress come in and her art style. It was a totally different. Yeah. It really brought me very clear. I felt like I was watching a Gargoyles character or the Oracle from Aladdin and the King of Thieves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Going back to that again. The back of a giant turtle. <laughs> Yes, she's very much in my mind as of recent, I guess. So, I mean, looking at, they have the makings of a really good little feature out of this. So I was, I was impressed. I, having not seen this since, I don't know, maybe, or maybe the early 2000s was the last time I watched this. I was very impressed also with the story. Mm -hmm. The story right away 
they give great reasons why Fife and Forte, like what their motives were. Mm-hmm. And they were completely mm-hmm. believable because the underappreciated musicians are the first ones to look out for. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it it made it completely believable. Like the fact that this is the only way that in his sadness, am I the only? is the only time that I'm able to be of use because before everyone was too happy and nobody appreciated <laughs> my, my sad melancholy tones. And then Fife also just like, I just want a solo. Come on, let me have a solo. <laughs> oh, poor guy. So I mean, right away you believe it. And and that sets up a, a really great just flow for the whole, for the rest of the story in order to go back mm-hmm. as far as why this is happening. Yeah, he's Forte as a villain is an interesting villain because again, you have to go back and think that all these people existed mm-hmm. and they had some sort of job in the castle and he was the musician and he always helped Beast, you know, calm his nerves if you will or especially does that now. Yeah. Um so he's he's kind of a confidant and a, a vizier in a way. Um <laughs> You know, because he's been able, because he gets so not a, a formal advisor, but because right. he's able to kind of weasel his way in and have such a close relationship, he can manipulate him yes. in a way that maybe others aren't realizing and be very subtle with it. So I thought he was he was good. And spoiler, he just dies at the end, just straight yeah. up. You know, I was like, wow, okay, the first you unplug him and he's dead. Object, <laughs> yes, that that just straight up died, and we don't. The, you know, it's very unfortunate that when you get turned into one of these inanimate, animate objects that he couldn't move. Like he was, yeah. most of the people can move to one way, shape or another, and he cannot. So even, I even the dresser drawers can be moved exactly. around. She can, she can work it. She can, yeah, she has a little heft to her. It's a little bit more work, <laughs> but she figured out how to do it and she does. I so, mean, the, the stove guy, he can't move either. Ah, uh, Yes. But then again, they never moved in there. If you think about it, they never moved in their work either. Mm-hmm. They were always chained, you know, to whatever degree, to their thing, to the animate, the inanimate object that they then became. Right. So it like makes sense. Like you guys thought about this. Good job. Yep. 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 Yeah. And I think they had maybe not that the Internet was as big of a thing in 97 as it is now, but it it seems clear to me that some of the concerns or criticisms of the original as far as all of these inanimate you know what they get turned to and and how this all worked it seemed like they kind of addressed them but not in an over-the-top way like the new live action beauty and the beast they just kind of hit them and then off they go yeah so uh i think this it was good it works surprisingly in a, a fun way and like you said they they set the villain's motivations he has the henchman with him who's Kind of reluctantly there, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and then we have Belle, and then her conflict with Beast, and it is kind of similar to what we've seen before, you know, trapped in there and fall yeah. in love and whatever. But it's good enough, and and this, like you said, this is kind of a Lion King one and a half situation where it's after the wolf attack, but it's their mm-hmm. first Christmas celebrating together, Aww. right? And it's like, okay, this is maybe before the snowball fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes, because they're they're not in love and they're still kind of fighting and not having a great time. So, for yeah. sure. 
that you so you get these music songs, these things. And I just realized as I got through each and I, I noted each song and I was there came that one where it's like you just know that this is the, sh- the song that was shoehorned in just so there could be six songs. <laughs> like, Let's go through these. So you had the very first song, which was the I'll read him stories from my picture books, which is like, <laughs> how can you read this? There are no pictures. Yes. So she, she's gone back on what she normally does for his sake is a pretty forgettable song. Uh, and I couldn't really tell. Is this like, is this the start song? Like the opening song? This is definitely not the I want song. Because I think that as long as there's Christmas was the great, is was the I want song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's filler song. Totally filler song. That's unmemorable. Uh-huh. And then you have Forte's song, which uh, it's called Don't Fall in Love. <laughs> not one For- that I remembered. Which we haven't talked about. Voiced by the incredible Tim Curry. Yes. Tim Curry is amazing. This was his decade. Yes. He was he was all over the place during this decade. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it was not long before or after that he was also wasn't he Hexus in Well that yeah, that was earlier. Okay. Yep. In Ferngoli. And then right around the same time ish, you have Pebble and the Penguin, which was like this song completely took me back to Pebble and the Penguin. And so I can <laughs> now, instead of singing the song that he sung in this one, all I can remember is Don't Make Me Laugh. Ha 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 from Pebble and the Penguin. <laughs> so anyway. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so you have Forte's song, that's the villain song. And then you have the Angelique. As long as there's Christmas reprise. Mm-hmm. So they really got a lot of a lot of uh, mileage out of this song. First, you have Belle singing it. Now you have Angelique singing it. Which, how did you like the character of Angelique? So Angelique was the little angel. Yeah. So she's basically the equivalent of the broom. You know, since Beauty and the Beast is a French story set in France. You know, we have these French characters from time to time and Bernadette Peters as Angelique is one of them. Um she was good. She just kind of kind of she What do you mean the felt, broom? Uh the the dust the feather duster. She's just oh. the a different version of the feather duster essentially. Like From what movie? From Beauty and the Beast. Oh, right 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 right. <laughs> but she the feather duster didn't really have many lines other than oh i've been bounced by you before yeah, which is exactly, a little much. but she stands out <laughs> enough yes yeah that's true <laughs> uh, yeah so she's she's basically to me the equivalent of that they liked her but they didn't want to bring her back or they wanted someone new and so they basically just took her character more or less and turned her into the little angel she was fine you know again i was like okay here's, here's this christmas angel what's her deal oh she's the royal decorator like whew, i don't know where prince adam gets all his money Seriously, but he has way, way too many people on staff for <laughs> one person. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe the money I mean, just keeps coming she in. She's the it's seasonal mall worker, you know, only works during <laughs> well, I mean, no, Christmas she season. Said the, the ho- no, it wasn't just Christmas. It seems yeah. that she was the holidays for all of them. So I imagine she would do all the other holidays as well. But they just obviously because the Christmas movie, it made sense to turn her into Maybe a little this Christmas was angel. Less- Less of a com- like a, a a kingdom and more of a communist commune where everybody just played their part and he was like the cult leader. I mean, maybe <laughs> could be it could be that makes more sense than he him actually paying he, these people. <laughs> they're really into him though, and they're really devoted to him. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, he he's the very charismatic, albeit strange and and moody cult leader mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. you know the, the the as long as there's christmas really that whole song is 
it's memorable, but not memorable at the same time. Yeah. It's really that only line. As long as there's Christmas. Do, do, da, 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 da. Yeah, and then right, after exactly. that, I can tell you anything else that happens. <laughs> <laughs> because then they bring in all the other characters and they sing their parts. And I'm like, yeah. I don't need everyone else singing. It would have been totally fine if just Belle had sung it. Uh-huh. Well, and then you get into the, the cut above the rest. And that is the one that's completely shoehorned in there in order to hit six songs. Um, because it's Codsworth and Lumiere kind of like they were fighting, but then not fighting. And oh, but we are a cut above the rest. Like, what? <laughs> so right. it's like not a good song. Really, <laughs> really bad. And then, yeah. of course, the R&B remix of Surprise, Surprise, <sighs> As Long As There's Christmas. And they brought Piebo Bryson back. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Celine Dion, way too big oh, yeah. of a name. She's to not going to do that. But one. I, I, seriously, once I saw the R&B remix, I was like, what? <laughs> Here we are. What? I thought we were past this at this point, but nope. They, they done it, guys. That, that shows that they put a lot of effort and time they into did. this. They did. This they wasn't put a necessarily lot into just a, like a shoehorn, like, eh, just throw something on there and animate it and call it good. Right. Like, they, they brought in an, even just to get one song in there that even is as good as as long as there's Christmas. I mean, it's not like it's not Beauty and the Beast. It isn't. <laughs> but it is enough that I, as I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, that song, you know, right, it, right. it was played enough at the time as well as I'm sure that and I'm not sure why the R&B remix didn't get as much Christmas playlist in in the youth. Maybe it did if you had Disney Channel or something, but I never really saw it. And it was just through this mo movie that I ever had any connection to the song. But even the fact that I could remember it when it came on is like way better than a lot of movies that oh, have yeah, songs sure. that I'm like, I don't I don't even remember the song. But yeah, I, I, I was actually all of these things made it really impressive to me, especially the fact that it was only in like an hour long movie. The fact mm -hmm. that they had enough self-restraint to stick with the hour-long <laughs> movie was like, good for you. I as, as someone watching this, I did appreciate that it was 70 minutes, basically 65 with five minutes of credits at the end. I was like, yeah. oh, thank you so much. This made, this, this made my life so much easier. You know, that extra half hour really makes a difference. <laughs> it does, especially if you don't have enough to go through. I mean, mm -hmm. because this is a Lion King one and a half, it's, you can't really finish off it's it's just a, a snippet of time that was packaged, you know, that they skipped over in the real movie. So it's not like mm -hmm. you could really hit that many plot points. And yeah. so to not try and, like, add too many background characters, too many subplots and all these different things in order to pad the time, I just like, oh, don't. Just stop. So I, I really appreciated that. I have a question. Do people really do the Yule log tradition? I never have. <laughs> But we don't really grow up, we don't have a lot of fireplaces, or if you do, it's only used maybe once a year. Right. Like, we'll ha we have bonfires. Like, I, mm -hmm. I've gone to several of those, but it's always, you know, definitely always outdoors. And even then, you're like, you've got a jacket, but it's not like you're freezing. We just don't do that a lot here. It doesn't get cold enough for us to, and I don't know, it's just not a thing here. So I was just wondering if anybody out there, if this is actually a tradition that people still follow, please let us know. I would really like to know. And then there's a part where she, so Belle has decided at the very beginning uh, with the song of story time, where she's going to write a story for Beast. 
all the the pictures are very ornate, but it's really weird because as it like goes in and actually shows different parts of this book, it's written like in a different language. <laughs> I'm thinking like, <laughs> is this even French? Is this English? It's, like, it's just yeah. Let's put it in generic language so that we don't. Have this to is translate like the for, internet, yeah. the, the internet yeah. language of e polyester. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your lipsum. It looks exactly like that. She takes this, you know, wrapped story and takes it into the West Wing. And all I can think of was our very first episode of like, Belle, stay out of the Beast's room. Stay out of the West Wing. Like, all of all of this stuff is in there. <laughs> my Beast's stuff's room. in there. <laughs> Just stay out of my room, okay? <laughs> and they, they saved the time vortex, so yes. no one, <laughs> nothing was actually destroyed. I didn't realize that if you destroyed the rose, you also destroyed them like them. or any you, you destroyed any hope of them coming back i didn't realize this yeah you gotta be extra careful with the rose yeah and then he gives her a rose at the very end yes oh <laughs> so you know in these sequels as they often do you know the characters can't get new wardrobes like we have our characters they're recognizable in certain outfits we got to put them back in those outfits and so we have Belle back in her blue and white outfit, which is her kind of her peasant garb. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also wears her red, her maroon one. She does. She wears her, but for a period of time, she is wearing the blue one, which mm-hmm. is like, girl, you have a total new wardrobe. You would not be wearing this <laughs> unless it's just like your favorite outfit. And then she does wear her red one. And then, of course, they have to bring back the yellow ball gown. Yes, yes. Um which, you know, the yellow ball gown was specifically for that moment. So I'm so confused. Oh, yeah. Because you know, there was that, does that make the big reveal of the Beauty and the Beast moment later? Like, oh, yeah, I've seen this dress before. And it's like, you guys should have thought about this. I don't like it. I know yeah. you really like that yellow dress and it's iconic, but it didn't belong here. She needed it, just yeah. I, literally just change it to green and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually thought about this too because when he's inviting her to dinner, and he's getting in the original. Then he's wearing the exact same outfit that he ends up wearing without all of the, the, you look so, so stupid. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looks exactly like he's going to look in that scene when he invites her to hear the song that Forte has supposedly written for her um, on behalf of him. He did end up having to go rescue her so she never really saw him in his like dressed up garb so that would have made sense but yeah he needed to be dressed up differently both of them needed to be dressed up differently in order to not lessen the impact of their first date yes yes fife finally gets a solo at the end of course that's all he wanted in life a little solo but he it was so cute like at the very end he's like maestro and he looks at it at five and he's just like oh hi <laughs> okay guys <laughs> i'm here you're so cute but i i don't understand why like why doesn't anybody tell bell about anything about <laughs> his story or why he hates christmas or because once again you know stay out of the west wing it's forbidden you know is this mm-hmm. or, is there like an oath of silence that nobody's allowed to talk about this whole thing right um because if he would have just once again, if if Cogsworth or Lumiere would have just said, well, he doesn't like it because that's the day that we all became what we are. And so obviously he's like looking at himself like, uh, 
for this is just a reminder of how, what a bad person I am. I feel like I would have gotten it better. I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> we could have had a little conversation about how we, you know, we can change what the meaning of this is. But no, no, we'll just, it's forbidden. It's forbidden. All <laughs> <laughs> well, my stuff is in there. <laughs> I really liked this movie. Uh, and even when I first saw it, I felt like I really liked it then. I've sure I watched it multiple times over the years. Uh, between the ages of 10 and like 14, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. it was then part of my Christmas season catalog of movies I could watch. Yeah, for around sure. Around the Christmas time. And uh, even though I haven't seen it since about, you know, probably early 2000s, as I mentioned before, it was, I was like, you know, the, I I felt really satisfied with this story and mm-hmm. the whole the whole flow of how they put it all together. So good job on you guys. Yeah. They put a, a nice little story together. There were some elements that we'd kind of seen before Belle leaving the castle and you know being put in the dungeon and this, this, and that, and the arguments that they have with each other, which was fine, but they did it in enough of a different way that I didn't feel like I was re-watching the original mm-hmm. that just had a Christmas overlay on it. Right. And the Christmas was important, obviously, and she had Christmas spirit, but it wasn't like this really cheesy, over-the-top like the yeah like the swan princess, uh, Snow, swan princess one it was just a, a bit much when it came down to it but you gotta love it yeah and that really just comes down to having a solid villain this is a great villain mate and having like solid motivations be- behind it and like every you you already know Beast's story you already know bell's story and now having yeah. this other person that's like standing in the way of everybody's desire of turning back into human no why would he want everybody to stay as because now he's like better than he was before so why wouldn't he like just so great good job so if i'm gonna rate this which obviously i'm going to because that's what we do (laughs) we rate things here we rate things let's rate it i'm gonna give this four stars as far as like wow what what would i I, I'm I'm classifying this though as like Christmas themed story. Do I get oh, uh, three and a half stars? We'll go three and a half. <laughs> you you, sh- you shamed me for liking it no, so much. I'm not, there was no shame in that. It was just okay. Wow, that's great because you know it, it was a movie that you would watch. So I was I don't expect anything different. You know, uh huh. One of these, especially based on the story you told us, how much you desired this movie so much <laughs> on your did. christmas list you know you probably sat on santa's lap and said beauty and the beast the enchanted christmas oh i'm sure i did <laughs> i'm like positive i did i was so i don't i don't think you realize how into this movie i was morgan no because <laughs> you and i weren't really friends at that total, time <laughs> totally fine to be four stars okay. is totally fine i don't then don't yes, change I'm, it for I'm, me i'm sticking with four four okay, stars great. <laughs> Well, I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Okay. It's okay. But having not grown up with it, you know, it was interesting. It was like, had I ever seen this movie before? I was familiar with Forte. And then when Angelique came, I was like, I've definitely seen her before. And it's like, okay, I feel like I've had to have seen this movie at one point in time because it's not totally foreign to me. You know, it may have forgotten it over time, but there were elements that I was like, oh yeah, this. Um, So I definitely have seen it before, but I not enough to continually watch it and watch it again. I don't think I'm, I may have watched it at my friend's house. Maybe they had it, but mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, sort of thing. Um, so I don't know, but ultimately so this is the, 
I, th- this is definitely the I have my rose colored uh, nostalgia oh, glasses on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Mine's like, it was fine. It wasn't offensive. It wasn't a one and a half Swan Princess Christmas. Yeah. Like the other one it, where it's just so over the top. It's like, why are you? Why are you not even trying to make a movie that's appealing or good or normal? <laughs> <laughs> this one they did. You know, they brought back the original voice cast. They attempted some songs, one of which worked. And I guess that's all that matters in the end because they redo it three different times throughout the movie. And Forte's cool. I, I think he's kind of a cool villain. He's enough to make things different. And I think his animations, I actually really like it. I think it's it's cool. It's time. It's era appropriate. And it just works for me. But nonetheless, like, yeah, one of the two and a half, two and a half. So, All right. So average dab in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Averaged out at around the threes. <laughs> cool. All right. Let us know your thoughts on the Beauty of the Beast or Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted Christmas. Is this one that you grew up and you loved? You had that VHS copy and then you bought the DVD and then you bought the special edition and you have it on Blu-ray? Or is it one that you saw and you thought it was okay? Let us know. Rotoscopers.com slash 281. Pretty crazy. We're already at nearly 300 episodes at this point, which is, it'll be here before you know it. This We're finishing up our Christmas episodes. We got to hit two Christmas episodes that have been on our list for a really, really long time. Yeah. And you know, the day this movie, this podcast comes out is a really big day for me. It's my birthday. Yay. So, you know, you know, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know, so that we were going to, there was a couple other movies that we wanted to get on the list. Um, and we mentioned in previous, I was like, Oh, we're totally going to get to them. But because of the of how like the news of the CEO the change, yeah. we were like, we're gonna have to push that. I'm sorry, Eight Crazy Nights, because I do want to get to that one. I've never we will seen get it. to it. We will get to it as we as all the movies in the in the world. We will get to them at one point in time. Yes. <laughs> so Merry Christmas. Hope you have a happy one. Spend it with family that you love. And our next episode will be our last one of the year, and we're gonna go back and we're gonna re look back at the movies we reviewed on the podcast in 2022. So that will be a fun look back episode. And of course, we still want to do a voicemail episode. One, just all voicemails all the time, maybe kick off the new year, answering some voicemails. So if you have a voicemail, send it to us at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. We would love to hear from you. So maybe that is about- our Christmas gift, your Christmas gift to us, New Year's gift, all the gifts. <laughs> your your New Year's gift will be an episode with you in it talking, exactly. which is great. But we want to know what were your favorite movies in 2022, either that you saw in theaters or maybe just revisited maybe favorite podcast episodes from this past year or favorite movies that we finally did that you were so excited that we did, or just general anything animation. Tell us your thoughts about the Disney CEOs. Tell us your thoughts about all of the different uh, episodes and music and songs that we talked about. Let us know. We This kind of a grab bag, mailbag episode. We really want to get a bunch of, of voicemails. So please send them in, rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. Or give us a call at 406-646-6575. So you have a few weeks to get that out and then we will release it. So until then, hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Until next time, we we are are the the Rotoscopers. Rotoscopers.
intricity, right. in, intricate, intricaticity. How do you say that? <laughs> uh, intricacy. Yeah. Intricacy. 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 There you go. So you don't need a lot of intricacy. Ah, dang it. <laughs> intricacy. Woohoo. Um. Boom. Boom. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.